Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello there. Welcome to uh, the uh, Around the Hearn episodes here in the month of December. We've almost made it out of 2020. Will we? Uh, Who knows at this point. But I can tell you that over the next half an hour or so, I've got three terrific interviews from uh, boys head coaches in the uh, basketball world as we kick off the boys basketball season just a week ago. Able to get uh, Trey Elkert, the Wapakoneta boys basketball coach, off to a 3-0 start. Jordan Jettinghoff, whom he beat in his first game, the Delphus Jefferson head coach, and Bremen head coach Corey Stevens, who I'm heading out here in a little bit for NK Telco to call both the uh, JV and the varsity games on their online streaming platform for the uh, game against Salina tonight. All terrific interviews, all terrific young men that I was fortunate to get to talk to on this show. And also, girls basketball news coming up here in just a second. I'm going to start with the news and notes in the world of women's college basketball. Shout out to the Bowling Green women. Off to a 2-0 start after a win against Northern Kentucky. Captain Katie Hampfling, 14 points in the win at 10 in the opener. That's a pretty good start for her. Next, for the BG women, they take on Milwaukee at 12 o'clock at the Stroh Center on a Sunday. You can watch that on ESPN+. And speaking of uh, teams with local connections that got off to big wins, last night the Finley women opened over Hillsdale College in Michigan with a uh, home win, 88-77. Columbus Grove's Paige Melvin, five points, four rebounds in 11 minutes. LCC's Madison Stowley, nine minutes and uh, one point. But it was Bridget Landon's night, a career-high 27 points and 12 rebounds for the former Big Green. So congratulations to them for opening up in a big fashion in a couple of games that went on in the last couple of days. Speaking of Finley, Arlington senior Xavier Thornton, he's going to go play baseball at Finley. That's a terrific pickup for the Oilers. Boys basketball, Lima senior will kick off the season tomorrow night at Ashland. It's a heck of a drive. It is a boring drive. I'll just have you know. I make that quite uh, frequently. After they came out of the uh, COVID protocol and everything going on in the Lima Senior program, also will play against Perrysburg on Tuesday. That one comes because the Mansfield City School District decided to pause their activities, kind of similar to what the uh, Toledo Public School System decided to do in the last couple of weeks. Now, the Finley boys kind of right in the middle of everything are going to play at Bowling Green. They were supposed to open track play with Toledo St. John's, but again, the TPS said no. We are going to uh, take some time off. More postponements, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this is probably the continuation of a lot of these yet to come. Delta was supposed to play Tenora, and uh, I've got a uh, couple of friends and Keith Brown at the uh, Tenora Rams Sports Network. You should be paying attention to them. They're very good. And you might hear a voice that you know. But they were supposed to play uh, Delta was Tenora tonight. That got postponed, as it was pointed out to me, just a handful of hours after I finished hours' worth of uh, game notes. Just wait. It, it'll continue. Tenora was supposed to play Defiance tomorrow. That also got postponed with some things going on at Defiance as well. And I want to play this, and I just made sure that I was able to. I got to see St. Mary's last Friday night. And I believe that they're going to do some special things this season. One of those already happened with a tie game in the last 2.5 seconds. St. Mary's Jaden Davis 
comes to the line. This is Aaron Matthews on WOSN at Marion Local. And he missed the first. Now you've got to block out. Yep, just got to block out. Make sure you get the ball. Don't even need to get a shot off. If you do, you do. If you don't, you don't. Go to overtime. Davis. Free throw, no. Rebound, Parks out to Davis for the win. He got it. Boom, shakalaka. What a, what a play. What a play by Austin Parks. Now, the blue and gold are always supposed to go home happy at the hangar, but it was the wrong blue and gold for those folks in Maria Stein that uh, that ball just about as fortuitous of a bounce to a young man who's 6'9 to get it back out to Davis, and he just as nonchalantly as possible throws it up from three to hit the game winner. Rough Riders start off 2-0 on the season. They are in action uh, tonight. They're at St. Henry as part of their uh, four straight games away. They go to St. Henry, go to Wapakoneta next weekend, and you'll hear in uh, here in just a few. Trey Elkert will talk about that as well. But a stretch that you'll find out how good you are because they also go to Robert J. Hermiller to take on Ottawa Glendorf before coming home to take on Parkway. Again, there's a lot of teams early on that are going to find out how good they really are right out of the gate, and uh, St. Mary's will be one of those, no doubt. Lipsick was supposed to play Riverdale on Friday night, but I talked to Chris Kuhlman, the head coach at Lipsick, a couple of different times, and he's asked for a handful of different uh, thoughts on some things uh, from the outside looking at it. It's an oddity. They'll now actually start their conference season tonight as they'll play Van Buren here coming up in a couple of hours. More cancellations. The Northwest Signal announces they will not have their annual holiday classic tournament this year, but it will be back next year. And uh, WOSN pointed out on Twitter that there'll be no Allen County Wrestling Invitational for this year as well. Allen East put out there'll be no border battle with themselves, Ada, Upper Soda Valley, and Waynesfield this year. And the one piece of good news despite the fact that Defiance College had their game earlier this week washed away with Miami of Ohio, they will play Adrian tomorrow night. So that's the one good thing that came out of that. One piece of NFL news, Ottawa Glendorf grad Dan Gotzel signed the Bengals practice squad, the former Indiana long snapper. And also uh, girls basketball headlines from a Thursday night to kick off the league season. One big from each of the uh, area conferences. The uh, big notice in the Northwest Conference was the Spencerville girls, 64-39. Three players in double figures. They go to Convoy and beat Crestview, a team that has sort of been their uh, kryptonite for the last handful of years. See what the Bearcats can do now that they get over the hump. Still in search of that first ever NWC title. Ottawa Glendorf goes to Wapak, picks up their 38th straight conference win with a 73-37 win. Ella Oakley with 11 points in that game, and the two bigs in Aaron Kaufman and Chloe Glenn, each with 15 apiece. OG went out 14-0 early and sort of ran away with that ball game. Minster, two-time defending state champs, 63-27. They beat Versailles behind 30 from Ivy Wolf. Young lady signed to play at Miami of Ohio. Corey Rawson, Zoe Chisholm, congratulations to her. She's now the all-time leading scorer in uh, Corey Rawson's program history. She had 20 and a loss to Miller City, but picked up her 939th point, and there's a good chance that she's going to be the first 1,000-point scorer in Corey Ross in history. And speaking of 1,000-point scorers, Paige Gagne from Delphi St. John's became the 13th member of the 1,000-point club. 33 points last week in a win against Wayne Trace. I'm excited to see Delphi St. John's coming up next week. I think it's Tuesday night. They play at St. Mary's. It'll be on uh, WKKI. But 
for tonight, tomorrow, Friday and Saturday nights, I implore you, turn on your local radio station, listen to the terrific local voices we have doing games, and turn on the TV, watch some games as well. Those guys are doing a great job, and 2020 is weird, but we can make it work. Basketball season is here. Hopefully, it's here to stay. Talking at two, uh, three boys basketball coaches in the next couple of minutes. Corey Stevens from New Bremen, Jordan Jettinghoff from Delphus Jefferson. I won't hold that against him. And Wapak Connecticut coach Trey Elkert when I return. You're out around the Hearn, brought to you by the uh, folks at Lee Kinsel. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. We're here proud to represent the greatest products on the American road. Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and will be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Hey, Bearcat fans. Special Row Hardware is your local hometown hardware store. Located at 115 North Broadway Street in Spencerville, Special Row Hardware can assist with any painting with their full line of paint and custom tinting. Also stocked with the highest quality power tools, you can reach Spencerville Hardware by calling 419-647-4468. Plan your trip by checking out their e-catalog on SpencervilleHardware.com. To place your items in your cart and have the order emailed to the store and ready for pickup. Spencerville Hardware is open Monday through Friday, 8 to 6, and 8 to 3 on Saturday. Spencerville Hardware Store, 419-647-4468. Talking to Bremen Basketball now with head coach Corey Stevens. And Corey, in your second year, a lot that's changed from the first year, but a pleasant surprise to get your guys late after they win the football title. Yeah, uh, that's that's the expectation. I, I told them, you know, um, take care of football, and then we'll talk basketball um, when you're done with football. So don't worry about basketball. You know, just go take care of the gridiron, and we'll, we'll talk basketball later. So it's a great great problem to have, you know, and it brings over that, that mentality, the, the you know, the competing mentality. Um, they want to win. You know, that mentality just carries over from one sport to the next. And it's also great, too, because it's a lot of the same kids that play baseball together, Mitchell, Zach, Trevor, Kyle. Nick, a lot of those kids that they're together all year, both Omens. And I would imagine at this point, I mean, they've got to be about as in sync or on point as a group as you can be. Oh, yeah. I mean, they know what each other's thinking, you know. Um, and then it's nice because they hold each other accountable then, you know, whether it's on the baseball field, the football field, or the basketball court, or even lifting. Um, they all lift together. So all the coaches are there, you know, with them lifting. So we see them. We see them in different environments and um yeah they hold each other accountable they do a great job at that is it it's kind of sweeter for you because i mean you were the freshman coach there you become the varsity coach you've been there you've seen these kids kind of from the beginning sort of mature and and i'm sure you know it's the age old coaches thing of yeah i wish i could tell you i knew that was coming but there's a good chance um yeah i just tell me you always want to win your last game that's got to be your goal i mean 
no matter the sport, there's only four teams in the state that they'll do it for basketball, you know, be able to win their last game. So that's what our angle has got to be. You know, your angle, you keep working for it. And I've also seen these kids in all the other sports because I've coached with Coach Schmidt my first two years here on his football staff. I've coached with Coach Wells um, for three, I believe, three years on his baseball staff. So, I, you know, I've seen them all in their different um, element, too. So that that helped as well. So it's just if relating it to the other sports and kind of saying, hey, this is where we're at. This is where we need to get to type deal. Now, how was it for you coming over? Because you're a Bath grad, and uh, I think I'm allowed to say that because you're far enough away from them. But uh, you you come out, and obviously you've had a lot of success in sports at Bath High School. You expect maybe to be a certain way. Before last year, you guys haven't had a winning record in five or six years. Uh, just kind of a mentality that you broke, or, or it just everything at the same time went right? Uh, it just started to click um, that that senior group that we had last year. That was my last year coaching freshmen, and um, I had those uh, those guys as well. And we won two games that year, so we won two games. We lost, I think, thirteen games, ten of them by six or less points. So it's just you know you got to take that next step. So then the next year, you know, when we had them for JV, they went nineteen and three. Um, the following year, they went sixteen and sixteen and six at the JV level. And then uh, finally broke through at the varsity level and got um, 14 wins. Last year, you start out, you go two and two through the first four. You lose that heartbreaker in overtime with Loramie. Is there any kind of point where the next two games, you beat Anaclose, you beat Riverside by almost 20, where you have to go in and say, all right, guys, this is what we have to fix mentally? Or, I mean, are you past that point with this older group that you have to say a lot? Um, with the older group, basically we said, you know, um, we, we're going to have six practices before our first game. Um, you, you know, we gave them after their state title game and football game Saturday, Sunday, Monday off, they came in on Tuesday and Wednesday, we did walkthroughs and shooting and, uh, Thanksgiving was our first official practice. So it's one of those, we can control certain things. We control our effort and our energy. And that's what we got to worry about. If you control effort and energy, everything else will start to click. You know, as the season goes on, you know, you'll start to get your legs back under you and all that. But um, to expect perfection right away, that's that's tough. So working on the effort and energy and controlling what we can control, that's that's our main focus, you know, going forward. What was the switch after the Botkins game last year? You go on that big run and get into the districts. Was it something you said or just, again, just kind of everything clicked? Um, well, we started amping up practice a lot after that Bakken's game. We started making um, practice a lot more competitive, and we kept score of everything. So no matter if it's just running a line sprint, we kept score of who won and who lost. Because at the end of the day, someone's going to win and someone's going to lose. So that's kind of what we started, and we um, just said, hey, it's just not good enough. It needs to be better because you're capable of it. You know, that's what um, just said. You're not meeting expectations right now, and you guys – you need to because there's way too much talent here. And um, people, you know, you, they invested way too much time to not uh, give it everything and put yourself in the best position. You lose a significant part of your scoring last year with Nolan and Logan. Where does it come from this year? Is it more spread out or are you expecting that it's going to be one guy who's going to step up and handle that load? Well, I think it could be more spread out. Um, I mean, we were, we're, we're returning six lettermen. So, uh, I mean, you got Mitchell Hayes back, um, Trevor's back, uh, Reese Bussey's back. You got both Holmans are back. Um, so, you know, we can spread it around every night. That, that's got to be our goal. If we can get 10 a night from guys, it's going to be, you know, it's tough to defend if, you know, anyone out there can give you 10. So 
So it's kind of take the load off, you know, one individual and kind of spread it around. I I think that's got to be our goal going forward. Salina always has a couple of really nice guards that it seems like it takes them a couple of games to sort of settle in. They've got a, a, a nice sophomore post in Josh Razware, but how how do you attack them on either side? I mean, just force them into making mistakes. Well, that's where we got to try to rely on our depth. Um, you know, any I, I told them we got 33 kids in our high school program right now, and I said uh, we got a lot of numbers, which is great because we're gonna ha- we have the depth, but also you guys got to accept your role. So. Uh, we're going to try to, you know, utilize our depth and how many we can run tw- 12 guys in there, you know, and um, not have much of a letdown. That's that's what we're going to try to do is utilize our depth and um, our speed, speed and quickness. It's got to be nice to start off, though, with four straight home games. I mean, everybody says, oh, you know, we don't care where it is. We'll play anybody. But, I mean, with having that coming off that high of being able to, I guess, in front of whatever fans you can have, of being in front of your fans to try to help that energy against Salina, of Minster, Loramie, and St. Henry. Yeah, um, it, it's definitely, it's nice, you know, having the four home games to start off. Um, but then it gets us at the end of the year when we go uh, five straight road games to end the season in the, in the tournament. So that's where it's, it's also nice having that at the end of the year. So that way you can get used to playing on the road. You get used to bus trips because um, when you make tournament runs, you're going to have long bus trips. Well, it's funny because I was looking at where you go. You go to Fort Jennings, Anna, New Knoxville, Arcanum, and Fort Recovery, and I was thinking, ah, some of those aren't far. And then I realized I live about halfway between where you are and where you're going. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Fort Jennings, that's a that's a good bus trip, about an hour bus trip. Arcanum's a good bus trip. Um, Fort Recovery's a decent bus trip. But uh, luckily, you got Anna and uh, Knoxville that are a little closer for us at, there at the end. Well, plus you've got that uh, the age-old New Knoxville and Bremen rivalry. And, you know, I, I have thought for years that with the great rivalries we're fortunate to have in Northwest Ohio, you know, you, uh, of course, have Bath and Elida. Well, really, who is Bath's rival? You, all of Lima? Well, Elida. Uh, Elida would be the rival. Shawnee. you got LCC in there, and you even got Allen East. Uh, we used to play them, you know, football to open up the season every year, uh, week one. So that was always a rivalry game as well see that's why i think it's funny because if for instance i went to spencerville and our rival is jefferson but everybody that i ever have ever asked from bath will say one of those five other teams and i'm thinking well uh, hold on you guys are just taking everybody on right right yeah uh, i think it had to do with location and you know um people what crew you ran around with because sometimes you run around with crews from um different schools so if you know you had close buddies and at Shawnee or whatnot, you'd always want to beat Shawnee and uh, vice versa. But I really don't think that the Knoxville to Bremen matchup, and sometimes because historically one way or the other that it's been uh, kind of lopsided, I don't think it gets enough credit. I, I mean, I, I really think that's a solid, you know you're always going to have a terrific matchup when you go to Knoxville or Bremen. Yeah, and, and that's always a tough place to play too. You know, when you go to the bar on a Friday night and – the, the stands are packed and not much room there on the bench and the kids are, you know, squished in there and you can't hear yourself think. Um, that's tough to play and that's a great home home court advantage. So uh, just showing up every day, you got to show up because any day anyone can knock you off if, you, if you're not ready. How have you had to change things with everything having to deal with the COVID situation? Um, well, our summer is the main thing that changed. Um, 
when we looked at, you know, usually you have 10 coaching days. Uh, we kind of, when they went unlimited, but you had to look at your numbers. Um, we had kids come in six kids at a time for an hour. So we had a group come in for an hour and they just did nothing but skill work and skill development. Um, we had three high school coaches in there. So every kid had their own bucket, one coach per two kids. So that way we could keep our distance. So we did that for an hour and then a new group of six came in and we did it for an hour. So we did a two hour workout with 12 kids. The next day we would do the same thing with 12 new kids. Uh, Wednesday would be the same thing with 12 new kids. Um, Thursday we would start to repeat. So if you were a Monday guy, you came in on Thursday and again for an hour at a time. And then Friday was a split between the Tuesday guys and the Wednesday guys. So, um, that's the main thing that, you know, we were trying to get around, um, especially with kids playing multiple sports. Um, we wanted them to have the opportunity to play baseball as well. And we're, but we wanted them in the gym, you know, to get shots up. So, um, we're talking with the other coaches and even the players, um, kind of said, can you guys give us an hour a week or an hour a day for two days a week? Is that asking too much? And they all said, Nope, Nope, not a problem. And, um, they had great attendance. We had kids, you know, playing baseball games that would come back and make our shooting, uh, just to get it in and then go play another baseball game. So, um, just to have that priority and they know, Hey, this is all we got. This is what we got to do. And if you want to make a run like you guys can, this is what we need to do in the summer to get better. Well, it's interesting because I talked to a lot of folks from Debreeman and I know the last handful of years, I've kind of told people as someone who sees a little bit everywhere, you know, just wait, you know, you want to say whatever about uh, Debreeman. I mean, you look a couple of years ago, eight and 15, not that far removed from two and 22, or the football team was almost disbanded, whatever you want to say. I remember thinking a couple of years ago, you know, this is going to be a program on the come up and people sort of look at you funny. And I said, go talk to their parents, go talk to the kids for five minutes and listen to how they work. Listen to their coaches. I'm telling you, they're going to get around the corner at some point, And it's so great to see that happening right now at New Bremen. Yeah. And, and you know, it, it goes back to the kids and their mindset, you know, not, not accepting, you know, basically competing because, you know, uh, you can compete. That's fine. But if you still lose, we got to take that next step. So what, what is it going to take to take that next step? And, you know, we, we talk about it all the time. Well, what's Minster's goal? What's St. Henry's goal? What's Knoxville's goal? They want to win a, you know, league title or state title or whatnot. Well, if that's our goal too, what are we going to do different from them to achieve that goal? So if they're doing, for instance, in the weight room, if they're doing, you know, three sets of 10, well, why don't you do three sets of the 11? That's one better you know, without someone telling you just to have that mindset. Well, if that's what they're doing, if this is what the coaches expect, we need to do more um, type deal. So that's, that's what we constantly have been preaching as well. Well, you don't have an outright championship yet, but I wish you all the luck in getting it this season. All right. Yep. Thank you. That's Corey Stevens talking about new Bruin basketball here on around the Hearn. Have you taken advantage of canal pharmacy store credit? Visit stores.healthmart.com slash Canal Pharmacy to purchase online. Canal Pharmacy's new website offers many options, including prescription refills, history, account information, and even appointment reminders. Again, visit stores.healthmart.com slash Canal Pharmacy to maximize your pharmaceutical experience today. Back now talking Delphus Jefferson basketball with Jordan Jettinghoff. And if anybody knows about the uh, tradition and about the history of Adolphus Jefferson basketball, it would be this young man. And I love the story. I was just reading some more stuff about you and about you obviously played at Jefferson, played three sports, played them well. 
But you said it to the paper when you took the job, it was your dream to come back to teach and to coach at the community where you're from. Why was that such a big thing for you? Uh, I don't, I just, I feel loyal to Delphus Jefferson for whatever reason. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with my family upbringing. Um, my mom's side, she, her, her grand, her dad, my grandfather was part of the school board for, I can't even remember, 20, 25 years. Uh, you're going to get thrown um, for that one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, my mom's worked here. I have, I have two, I had an aunt who worked, who was a teacher here. Um, yeah, just my mom's side and my dad's side both went here. I just, I feel loyal to the school. Um, I enjoyed my time here, obviously being a three-sport athlete and going through school and building relationships with the community people. And it's just, it was fun. It was, it was the right thing to do. Just come back and help out Del Jefferson. Well, as a Bearcat, I hate all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how that's supposed to go. Have you yeah, found yeah. That, that that's different though, by the way? I say that as a joke, just for people who don't get that. But have you found that that's different in a way from when you were coming up? Because we're not that far away from age. I don't like to talk about the number, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. how things are different in terms of, because it's more of an AAU-centric world and that the kids are together all the time. They play a lot of different things together that there's not as much of a, a quote-unquote rivalry among them as there used to be. No, yeah, I think you're right. I think, especially with the AAU and the social media, and the kids have all that access to kind of just say hey, DM, DM a player and say, "Hey, want to hang out?" or "How's it going?" Uh, anything like that. So I, I don't think it's as maybe serious as it was in like the '80s, '90s, early 2000s, um, just because of that social media and the AAU centric kind of culture that kind of being upbringing, but. Um, there's still a little bit of fighting, obviously both sides of the schools, but uh, not maybe as as kind of intense as there was previous years. I mean, I used to laugh. My parents graduated in the '70s, and they used to tell me stories about things that would happen, especially during football week, about uh, things that would get painted. We used to have a rock that led to the old high school here in Spencerville that got repainted every single year, and it was always mm-hmm. the week of the Jefferson game. And I know that there's one. Uh, there's a marker pretty close to to Jefferson High School that was the same way. It's it's funny to me, but now I guess it's sort of frowned upon to to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I got stories from parents and aunts and uncles and cousins and all that too. And yeah, I don't we don't see that too often anymore. That kids or rivalries kind of go to that extent, it, which I guess is both good and bad. Yeah, yeah, it could be it could be good and bad. For your team, you've got a lot of crossover, obviously, with a lot of football kids and the basketball kids. Uh, it was provided to me by a gentleman who I won't name yet. That what is uh, what's the dedication about? How did you get the football and basketball kids to lift together in the off season and kind of just kind of mesh that and do it as an overall program more than their individual programs? Well. Ever since I took over, I know like Jefferson's a football school first. Like I, I, I wasn't going to shy away from that. I think most kids at Jefferson they they love football first and foremost. Now there's still some basketball first kids, which just happens at every school. But I just told our kids that they need to get in the weight room, and uh, that'll help them not only in sports but in life. They'll make, they'll start feeling a lot more confident in themselves. They'll kind of walk around with a little bit of swagger and kind of a little bit of. Um, look at me I, I i can actually lift this much now and just be confident in each other and yeah i talked to the football coaches and 
we got we finally got a, a kind of lifting class out of the high school where I think there's like 29 or 30 kids, which is a good start for the first year of the lifting class. So we've just just been preaching to kids like, hey, lift. Once you're in the weight room with other friends and classmates and teammates, you'll you'll just get that camaraderie. You'll feel a lot more confident about your abilities. Because the, the big thing that was brought up to me was that the fact that the sophomores and juniors this year have really, really dedicated themselves maybe and stand out a little bit more. Just a, a terrific kind of, I guess, kind of a, a marker for you of everybody's buying into what we're trying to do. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think that sophomore and junior class, which we only have one junior that plays uh, basketball, but there's other football juniors that really kind of got those sophomore classes uh, players underneath their wings and they're starting to see the benefits of it now that they're in the weight room uh, you're basically year round with that class and in the summer they're starting to really see the progress that you can get from lifting day in day out how different was it to sort of try to push that through though with everything going on in 2020 yeah it was it was challenging i was worried obviously at first because there's some basketball kids that don't play football that i was wanting to make sure they got in there and obviously when we had to shut down in the spring and um, we didn't know how the classes and the online and stuff would go this year um, thankfully we're in school now but yeah that was kind of a up in the air and I just kept trying to stay communicated with the, with my just basketball players to hey you need to be doing something whether it's at home jogging doing push-ups body weight lifts that once you get hopefully can get into school and get in the class you're not too far behind from other kids. I noticed there was no mention of playing 2K, so I, I guess we're not we're not working <laughs> on that. No, no. I've got plenty of 2K players. They talk about it in the locker room all the time, but hopefully hopefully they spend a little bit of time in the weight room too. I can just see the argument on that. Well, you know, it's hand-eye coordination and it's learning the game, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know how well they probably play the game with 2K, though. They may probably chuck the threes and – <laughs> right, that, that's the joke. Do you play better in person than you play in 2K? Exactly. Well, the answer for me is neither. Uh, <laughs> last week, you lose to Wapak. You lose by four in that game. Did you have early on kind of a uh, a look at your team and realize just kind of how much missing your summer workouts or, or not being able to have everybody together? I know uh, a lot of coaches have talked about they had to do sessions with their kids and bringing them in at different times. You couldn't have everybody in together. Did that play out early in that game? Uh, not really for us. I, I think one thing that's really helped this team throughout the early season, once we started practicing on October 30th and then through November, is this team is really unselfish. For And I don't know why that is. Um, I, our coaching staff hasn't really put a pinpoint on it. I think they're just it's this unselfish group. Like they share the ball, they make the right basketball play. Uh, and I don't think they really put too much thought into who's the high scorer. Um, I think they just want to win, which is, I think starting to see that progress to that lifting class. Like we talked about. I love the interesting way that your schedule sets up. I mean, you get obviously heavy headers in the NWC. You've got that, uh, almost murderous stretch at the end of, uh, January and the beginning of February with, Four straight home games, Lincoln View, Fort Jennings, Grove, and LCC. But early on, you've got challenges. At least you get three out of four at home. Yeah, yeah. There's, I, And that's one thing, too, when I took over is 
not that the, we'd never had a tough schedule because we had a fairly decent schedule, but I wanted to get LCC back on the schedule. I wanted to play some WBL schools like an Elida or Walpock, um, and some to go along with our conference game because I'm of the the impression that you're only as good as your your non-conference schedule, and um, obviously that non-conference schedule that we have will help us when when we face the Lincoln Views, the Columbus Groves, the Crestus, the Spencervilles that are usually at the top of the conference. Well, you get uh, this weekend, go to Lima to take on Perry and Matt Tabler, who's been on the show, I'm pretty sure, about eight times. It just seems like <laughs> he continues to show up. But uh, he, he's talked a lot about a lot of other programs, you know, and, and how is looking at that of, all right, we have one of these measuring stick programs right out of the gate, kind of helped your thought process? Uh, I, and, I, and I didn't mention Perry with our non-conference schedule, but yeah, Perry's, Perry's a really great um, opponent to have on the schedule because they play that style where it's hard to prep for. They got kids that are so athletic. They can shoot the ball. They can penetrate. Um, they get up in your defense play, and that kind of that goes with uh, Coach Tabler's personality of he's fiery. Um, he'll do whatever it takes to win, and he gets those players playing really, really hard. You know, you've nearly got enough games in the Putnam County League to qualify for a shot at their championship, I think. Yeah, I think uh, we got Ottaville, Pandora, Fort Jennings. Uh, we scrimmaged Lipstick, which that's not part of the schedule, but we got them, we scrimmaged them. So, yeah, we got, we got quite a few PCL schools as well, too. You only get half credit for Grove. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grove, you get like an Grove only gets half credit. <laughs> it's always weird about that. I always tell people that, and they're like, well, they're in two leagues. I'm like, they only get half credit in each one. It's fine. Yep. yep. But when you kind of look at how you started, and you don't know what this season's going to be. I mean, next week could be the end. Uh, Tenora just had a lot of issues with canceling with uh, everything COVID-related for the next couple of days. But, I mean, if you get to February 19th, you go to Bluffton, no matter how your record turns out, I, I mean, I would think – just getting to that point, you're going to feel pretty good about the season. Yeah, and that's that's kind of, with everything going around, I'm sure a lot of coaches have probably talked to their teammates. But I told our kids, one of my goals is to play as many games as possible. Um, we're really making sure we tell our kids to stay as healthy as possible to make sure they're taking care of their bodies and coaches doing the same that way. If we happen to miss, hopefully, if we don't hope knock on wood, we don't get everybody quarantined. If we only miss one or two players, I plan on playing when I just kind of told the kids that if we got enough kids to play, we're going to play. I was given questions. I said this earlier on uh, one that I was supposed to make sure to ask you was who your favorite coworker at the middle school is. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I probably can guess who told, who told you to ask that one, but I probably have, I probably have to say coach Roney and no, uh, that's coach not Ray the correct Ernie. answer. Trey Roney is not the correct answer. <laughs> yeah. He, He's he, we we talk quite a bit. Like he, him and Coach Rare, they're at the middle school with me. So having the football coaches and the basketball coaches there, it's it's really good to bounce ideas off one another and just kind of chit chat about what are the athletes doing and what we can do to improve not only football or basketball but Selfish Jefferson's athletics as a whole. And that's so great to have everybody on the same page. And I, and I give Trey a lot of crap, but I mean I love Trey. Uh, he's one of my favorite people, oh, yeah. and uh, it's. It's great because with him kind of being a transient early in his career with everything that he's gotten to this point, he has had nothing but just tremendous things to say about you. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he, 
I'm glad he's got good things to say about me. Sometimes I wonder if I'm doing the right stuff, but yeah, well, he's, it's he's early in the season, anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once once we get the records, and maybe we'll see if I if I get any of his football players mad at me or anything. We'll we'll see how he feels about me then. It's funny how quickly you can go from being the hero to the villain. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's uh, that's awesome. I wish you the best of luck on every game except for February twelfth. Yep, February twelfth. <laughs> we'll we'll make sure we bring our A game that game. No, but I, I really do. I, I wish you guys the best of luck of just really navigating everything that's going on. I can't imagine how strong uh, the kids must be just to kind of get through the minefield that is twenty twenty. Yep, yep. And um, the kids have been they've been awesome. They, I could just tell from kind of day one they were just excited to make sure they had a, a season. And I know there's obviously week by week, day by day with Governor Dewine and OHSA that. They don't. It could be taken away at any point, but I think they're just they're excited to be here and they're excited to get a chance to play. Well, good luck tomorrow against Perry, and then uh, the rest of the year. All right, thank you, thank you for having me. That's Jordan Jetting off the head coach at Delphus Jefferson. Hey, Limeland, there's a new barber shop in town. Gene Craig and Donnie Marshall have taken their talents to 513 West North Street in Lima. Beantown Barbers has multiple waiting areas to comply with COVID-19 safety guidelines. Donnie Marshall has over 39 years experience cutting hair in Lima. Come enjoy a relaxing haircut and chat about sports. Proud owner and longtime Limeland licensed barber Gene Craig can hook you up with whatever you need. Specializing in children haircuts and men and women cuts as well. 567-289-4577. Beantown Barbers is open six days a week, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Saturday mornings as well, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Head on over to the Beantown Barbers and tell them the Stidham sent you in. Wapakoneta basketball off to a 3-0 start into Coach Trey Elkert. First of all, uh, congratulations on the job and kind of uh, not that far from being on the court yourself. Yeah, thank you. Um, you know, first off, appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, you know, this was an opportunity uh, that just kind of came open. Um, that we saw and you know it was just one of those things it was an opportunity for me to come a little bit closer to home from where I was up at Tiffin um, I wanted to get involved um, as a head coach of the program and you know stars kind of aligned and it was a really good opportunity for me so yeah very excited about it obviously with dad being a long-term head coach at Jackson Center was it always in the blood was it always something you kind of knew for uh, for you where all right I'm pretty sure I'm going to play we're going to do some stuff and then I'm going to go into coaching yeah, it's something that has always been an interest to me. You know, I was basically raised in the gym. I tell a lot of people and have loved it ever since day one. It's been a passion of mine. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to um, come through a program that was, you know, pretty successful. My dad's had a lot of success in the places that he's been, so I've had a tremendous mentor. Um, and, you know, so that, that's always been something for me to build on, and I, I've always had a love for the game. I've always had a love for coaching, and, um, so I always felt like it was something that, yeah, I probably wanted to get involved with. How much did it help you, uh, kind of, I guess, coming up and, and doing your interview and getting everything with Wapak of being able to, to see how you would want to shape the program differently than most first year head coaches? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we wanted to, you know, when I, when I came in, I, I had a general idea of some things, you know, that Wapak had done in the past. And it's a program that, you know, they, they've had some pretty successful years at times. So it's not like, you know, I felt like if I was coming in here to the school that we were going to be in a complete rebuild mode. You know, it's not like a school that's rolling out a couple wins every year or something like that. You know, we've had a number of teams that have been successful 
in their quote unquote down years, they've still been fairly steady. They're, they're not a team where the bottom's just falling out. So coming into the interviews, coming into the school here, you know, I, I felt like it was a really good opportunity because I had only heard good things about the community. I'd only heard good things about the kids. And if you have kids in a community that will buy in and people work hard, that's really all you can ask for as a coach. And, uh, and my months and short, few short months of my time that I've been here, I've seen that. And, uh, you know, I think our kids have done a really good job so far. I just had Jordan Jetting off on, and he talked about when you guys played them and beat them by four that, you know, he could kind of tell there's going to be something that you're doing right. And obviously with uh, everything that's going on, it's kind of an odd start to the year. But the good news is, I mean, you got three games right out of the gate in the span of about five days. Yeah, I mean, that that's a lot of games in a short span. But right now, we've talked to our kids a little bit about this. Every day, not only in practice, but especially games, it, it's a blessing right now. You know, there there's a number of kids across the state that are having, you know, some opportunities taken from them. And I feel terrible for those kids. Fortunately, we're in a place right now as a school and kind of a general area where we're, we're having opportunities to play. And the last thing that I or my coaching staff or any of these kids are going to complain about would be having too many too many games in a short uh, time frame, you know, because every one of these truly is a blessing. It's, it's a great opportunity for us. Without going into specifics, uh, Wapak has obviously had some issues with uh, kind of with the contact tracing and stuff like that, where it was around your program. How how hard was it for you to sort of look at it and hope it doesn't sweep completely through your program? Yeah, so I mean, we had had um, you know going back to fall. I think our administration here has done a tremendous job of doing everything we can to keep kids in school. Um, so yeah, I mean, just like every other school, we've had you know cases or symptoms will pop up with a kid in school and then you know through the contact tracing you know your quarantine schools I know a lot of that, that's kind of what everyone's been going through and obviously our football team there times towards the end of the year end up having to in their playoff run um, you know that that was an opportunity that was taken from our kids due to some of the COVID stuff so our kids understand it's you know very real it's very present um, you know our girls basketball team was quarantined for a couple weeks fortunately um, you know throughout these, you know, first month, month and a half of the year. Our boys program's been in a pretty safe place, um, you know, with, with the COVID issues, and hopefully we can continue that. You got to get one of those WBL bubbles. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Try to like figure out. NBA bubble, NBA bubble, right? Uh, can you imagine trying to figure out what WBL school would host that? Because you know everybody's going to say, well, our facilities are the best. Right, yeah, I mean, that'd be something that was impossible to do, and I I know there's a couple schools like the NBL or a couple of weeks, I guess, NBL that went to some league only stuff. And a lot of the conversations I heard about that related to the WBL is like, well, it wouldn't really make much sense because of where schools are located. And, you know, obviously a number of our non-league schools that we play, we play a number of max schools are, you know, distance wise, a lot closer to us than if we were traveling for defiance or something like that up North, you know, some of those WBL schools. So, I, I, you know, moving to any kind of, you know, league only type of thing, I'm not sure how much sense that would make for a WBL, you know, school or league. I would be willing to bet that all of the years that you drew up your first year as a head coach, that a lot of the extra side stuff that's going on right now is not stuff you thought you would have to deal with. No, you know, it's definitely not something that I nor any coach has probably ever really prepped for or planned for. So even though it's, 
an adjustment as a first-year coach. It's an adjustment that every coach, and in some ways it's probably tougher um, for coaches that have more experience, coaches that have 10, 15, 20 years in, because now they're forced to maybe do things in a little bit different way than what they traditionally have, whereas you know a new guy coming in, we just kind of have to adapt right away. Um, so I, I guess in some ways I would say it's probably almost easier um, for a young you know, coach in the first couple of years as opposed to a coach that's been doing it for quite a while. I always like to look at team schedules and sort of try to figure out little weird streaks or quirks, and you end the year with four straightaway games at some pretty big gyms to try to win games in, and a lot of defiance, Coldwater, and OG, but you might have the most interesting set on your schedule in that in a span of a month coming up between December and the end of January, you play away just once. Yes. So we, as you said, you know, it's just kind of the way the schedule fell this year. Um, you know, we, we are fortunate to have a lot of home games early. And as you said, we end with a lot of away games. So, you know, there's always pros and cons of that. You know, sometimes having you want to have a good mix. It's nice when you can have that um, home stretch for a while, uh, get a little comf- get more comfortable in your home grounds. But then, you know, so, sometimes ending the year, especially against opponents of that quality on the road, are, are tough games. But the way, you know, our program will do that is those are great opportunities to help us prepare for the tournament. Not only are they on the road, they're against high-quality opponents. So once we get to that point in the year, I, I think that's something that will be very, very good for us in helping us prepare for the tournament. Speaking of high-quality opponents on the road, tonight you go to the hangar to take on Marion Local, a team that they lost last week to St. Mary's on a, a shot that just an absolute heartbreaker, but what does that do early on to have to make a uh, a trek to where a team is? Well, for the last handful of years, they've been nearly unbeatable at home. But find out where your team is early in the year. Oh, I think it's a it's a great measuring stick for us. I have a ton of respect for Curtin his program. You know, they're coming off you know just a couple of years ago as a state champion. They're competing in the MAC, which is one of the best leagues around year in and year out, and they're one of the most successful, most established programs. Um, you know, kind of in our area. So this is a huge test for us tonight, but it's a great opportunity um, for us to kind of go in there and go into their place, as you said, where they've been even more successful over the years. Um, you know, it, it's a great opportunity for us to go there, compete, and see what we're made of. And I guess the good news for you in that your rivalry game next week, you get to play St. Mary's at home kind of as your first taste of how that one works. Yeah, and you know, it's it'll feel probably a little bit different been a rivalry game this year there's not going to be near as many fans in the stands and you know probably won't be quite the same buzz as you know there, there would be in a typical year but i know that you know our kids when that time comes next friday they'll be ready to go and they'll be ready to compete what's been the key to the three and zero start so far um we've had you know on the offensive side of the ball we've been very balanced um we've been very effective our, i think our shot selection has been very good um if you would look through the first two, three games here, shooting a pretty high percentage from the field. So, and, you know, I, I think we've ran our stuff well. We've worked to get good shots. We're getting scoring from a lot of different guys. Um, defensively, we're still working to build some consistency at that end. Um, you know, we've, at times, we've looked really good. Um, but I, I feel we've yet to put a good defensive game together for 32 minutes. Um, and hopefully, we, we can continue to work towards that uh, game in and game out, and w- once we get to that point where we can defend consistently for 32 minutes, I think we'll really be able to, or we'll at least put ourselves in a lot better position where we can 
compete against some of the better teams in the area. What's the difference either right now or going forward from uh, Trey Elkert's Wapak program to what people have seen in the past? Um, you know, I, I like I said, I, I think it's a program that's been very successful over the years. I know that they've had, you know, a number of coaches here now in the last 10, 15 years. Um, and they've all probably done, had little ins and outs of doing things their own way. But, you know, a lot of them have been successful. And we're just hoping to continue to build on that. You know, as I said earlier, that one of the things that I've been most impressed when I came here and going back to my interview is I had only heard good things about the community support, um, how hard the kids will work for you, how they will compete. And, you know, as I said, as a coach, that's all you can ask for. And I think our kids have done that. And then it's just a matter of us as coaches putting, um, you know, our kids in the best position night in and night out uh, to be able to compete in one game. When you get an open date sometime in the next couple of years, I don't know how the, the contracts with the teams you're playing are right now, but did it cross your mind already to think about playing Jackson Center, what that would mean to play dad's team? Yeah, it, it would be interesting. We, we did uh, scrimmage them this year. Um, obviously, scrimmage a little bit more laid-back environment. That's Especially dad this and I year. Talked about. Yeah, exactly. And it, it just made sense. It was an easy, um, you know, it was an easy scrimmage for us to schedule with one another, um, knowing that, you know, a lot of schools are canceling and changing, doing all that. So it just made sense this year with everything going on. And, it, you know, it, it was a really unique opportunity. I know he enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, um, having the opportunity to coach against each other. So we'll see here in a couple of years down the road um, if, if it's something we decide to schedule. You know, for me personally, it and him, you know, there, there's mixed feelings that come with that. Obviously, it's, you know, fun, unique opportunity to compete against each other. But you also, you know, you know how the other one's going to feel depending on how that outcome goes and never want to be handing each other a loss and things like that. So, you know, that that's something that will probably be discussed. Whether it comes to fruition or not remains to probably be seen. But, you know, regardless of whether it does or it does not, you know, it, it, was, it was great scrimmaging them. That's probably something that we would maybe continue to do. Um, and, you know, he's as a competitive as a guy as I know and um, always will be. So It would surely make holiday get, uh, get-togethers more interesting, I would think. Yes, it would. There would be a lot of discussions leading up to the game, after the game, but it would all be in good fun. I joke a lot with uh, Frank Kill about that, and he talks to Matt Taylor, the Prairie Head coach, all the time about how they're boys and they hang out and they have beaten each other, and it's just kind of one of those, hey, you know, while you're up, will you grab me some mashed potatoes? And, hey, you remember that time we beat you guys? Yeah, exactly. So it's all in good fun, and, you know, I I think one good thing about being a high school coach is it's a pretty – tight-knit fraternity and you ultimately whether it's you know someone that you're real close with um or in general you know you build those relationships because you have a lot of respect because you know how much time they're putting in what they're trying to do to their program and you know depending on the year they're going to get you sometimes and you're going to get them so you know i think it's a lot of coaches you know especially in this area have a lot of mutual respect for one another and the things that they're trying to accomplish I know from a coaching perspective, as far as game planning, the easy answer is always the next team on our schedule. But was there, when you saw your schedule for this year, was there a team or a place that you looked at on that schedule and went, okay, I can't wait to play them or I can't wait to go there? Um, You know, I mean, I think for us, if you're looking at all of the WBL schools, those are a lot of teams that have been very successful. They have very good programs. So any opportunity that we have in the WBL is, going to be a great opportunity for us to get a win same thing with our non-league schedule playing those max schools those are schools that 
year in and year out are very good, put a lot of wins together, make deep tournament runs. So, yeah, I mean, I guess probably beating around your question here a little bit, but, you know, I, I don't think there's one team that we would pinpoint, um, you know, because we feel that we play so many high-quality teams that we have a lot of really good opportunities. Well, I thank you so much for doing this, and I uh, wish you guys the best luck this, this week and this year. Yep, I appreciate it, Michael. That's Trey Elkert, the head coach at Wapakoneta. We're back with more here in just a few. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kitzel's Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on American Road, Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years and will be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. And as always, I can't say enough good things about Lee Kinsel, the uh, benefactors, the sponsors, if you will, of this program, but also the state champion uh, Vanderbilt Cougars football team. And Biggie and the crew, a uh, lot of celebration going on over there. Cool shirts, cool hats. Go find them at West Irvine Road in Van Wert or at LeeKinsel.com. Uh, thank you so much for stopping by and listening to my little program here for this week. Uh, there are some terrific guests coming up just trying to confirm some things on times and what week that they'll be on, but can't say enough good things about Trey Elkert, the Wapakoneta boys head coach, Corey Stevens at New Bremen, and Jordan Jettinghoff at Delphus Jefferson, all tremendous young men, and uh, I wish them all the best of luck. That's what I have for this week. I hope that you have enjoyed it and that you stay safe wherever you are and wherever you are going, wherever you may be. Have a great night and an even better tomorrow. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.